Crow marketing culture and sketchy MLMs have given modern business a bad reputation. It feels harder than ever to succeed as an entrepreneur, even though we've got an abundance of info and tech right at our fingertips. If you feel frustrated running your business, stress over your sales goals, or are baffled by marketing strategies, you've come to the right place. You deserve to run a successful, sustainable business without spamming all of your friends or wasting time and money on marketing gimmicks. This is the Sell It Sister podcast, and you're going to learn how to make more money without complex systems or sleazy sales tactics. I'm Erica Tebbins, and I teach highly motivated, female, and gender expansive entrepreneurs that selling doesn't have to suck. I've been running successful businesses and teaching others how to sell smarter, earn more, and create raving fans for over 15 years. And I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. If you want success without truly serving your clients, profits without any passion, or the next get rich quick scheme, I'm not your gal. But if you're all in as an entrepreneur, want to make a difference with your work, and are ready to run a business you're proud of, then get ready to sell it, sister. I know you want to grow your business because let's be real, who doesn't? But the reality is, is that if you don't know your business persona and you don't fully know the stage of business growth that you're in, you might accidentally waste a lot of time, money, and energy focusing on the wrong things in order to get your business from where it is to where you want to be. And if you know anything about me, you know I am obsessed with the show Parks and Rec, which is why I created a really fun and free quiz to help you figure out your Parks and Rec biz persona, which will help show you exactly what you should focus on for your next steps of business growth. So to take the quiz, you can head right on over to bit.ly forward slash biz growth quiz to find out your Parks and Rec biz persona and then get custom advice from me based on that with what you should focus on next for your success. Today on the Sell It Sister podcast, I want to talk about something that is a bit controversial, uh, but I actually posted about this recently on Instagram and it got a lot of good response. So I knew that I needed to have um, a more, you know, something more in depth on it. And also I feel like this is a message that you can never hear enough. (laughs) So we often hear, I mean, I I literally can't even fathom how many times I've said it and I've heard it from other people that, you know, I want to make sure that my work is accessible. And usually what people mean by that is affordable Uh, because accessibility, at least the way I see it, accessibility means a bit more along the lines of Is it accessible to different types of folks who may have obstacles to consuming the information? So I'll give a a personal example. Uh, Right now, my VA and I are going through the process of creating transcripts for every single episode of this podcast, and those transcripts will be housed on Um, on my website, on the podcast page, embedded into each episode. Because I realized that since this is an audio format, anyone who is deaf or hard of hearing can't listen, can't, you know, glean the information from the podcast. So I want to ensure that it is accessible. Now, it also is 
totally free, right? So there is no barrier of entry when it comes to money. So it is a valuable resource that in the not too distant future will also be able to be read uh, online. That will also be free. And, you know, it's something that is, is important to me and in my values. But usually when we say accessible, we are thinking about money. We are thinking about affordability. And this can be a real, real, real issue for a few reasons. So generally when people say this, they happen to be white folks like me who are well-intentioned and are thinking about, you know, like, well, what about all of the people who are, are marginalized, right? Like, we like us and our and our white savior complex swoops in, um, especially with uh, the civil rights reemergence and, and uprising in 2020. We think that the best way to be to save these other people is with discounts, right? So there there are two things I want to talk about here, and I've actually seen this from some friends of mine who are black, indigenous, and people of color, where they have actually pushed back on this and said, hey, you know, when you when you put out uh, something that is like, oh, you know, this is my offer for this, but, you know, if you're BIPOC, you can get it for this lower price, that that actually feels really insulting because it implies that we view all marginalized people as poor. And while income disparity is a very, very real thing and is very problematic, we also should not assume that if you are non-white, if you are differently abled, if you are, um, you know, maybe like in the trans community or queer, anything like that, like, even though, yes, the income disparity exists for those populations, it also doesn't mean that everyone in those populations needs your you know, financial assistance to be able to afford your regular offers, right? And there are other ways that you can serve people who truly cannot afford you. So I know in my episode with Alana Burke, she talked a little bit about her sliding scale model and she actually allows some of her clients to pay extra and she keeps that extra and puts it into a pool for people who cannot pay as much. And there's all different ways you can do this. Um, I, a friend and I were talking yesterday about, um, a woman who, and I, and I don't know her name. It was my, my friend was relaying, um, a post to me and I need to go back and actually like look this person up. But the, the woman runs, um, I believe it's like a coaching circle or like a restoration circle for women of color. And she has a fund that white woman, white women can give to, to sponsor people for that program, right? So there's all different ways you can set it up if you want to offer uh, certain things at a sliding scale or um, subsidized or, or anything like that, right? But it doesn't mean that you have to artificially keep all of your prices low. So 
the myth of affordability says, you know, that if, if we just keep it lower, if we keep it more affordable, that then it means that, you know, more, more people can have, can get it right. Uh, Kind of like a, you know, Walmart versus like a bougie boutique, right? So that, you know, if Walmart is, their whole model is based on lowest prices, then more people can shop there. And that is kind of working on volume. Whereas if you went to like a bougie boutique, those items cost more. So they need to sell, they they can sell fewer and still have the same revenue, right? Also the whole brand and, and all of that, like there's there's so much difference that goes beyond the price when you're talking about various businesses and various brands. But the reality is, is that the moment you attach a price to anything, it is going to become not affordable to someone, right? So there is someone right now who, if you charged a dollar for something that was previously free, suddenly would not be able to afford you. And I've been there. I've had times in my life where I was putting gas and groceries on a credit card and like just trying to make it through to the next payday. And so I had to be a lot more conscientious about what I was spending my money on and I didn't have a lot of disposable income. So again, anytime you charge anything, even if it's a nickel, automatically there is going to be somebody who says, I can't afford it. Also, there are plenty of times that I have seen when people have given away information for free that people still complain. Just like, I mean, if you go into like any Facebook group that somebody runs like for their business or just, you know, for fun or whatever, complainers and haters, right? It's a free group. If you don't like it, you can leave, but people still act like they are entitled to whatever the heck it is that they want, right? So now if you're doing one-to-one work, or even if you're, you know, selling products or anything, you're always going to have some capacity for what you could do, right? If you're selling physical products, bottom line is you need to be compensated for at least the materials, right? Even if you're not charging for your time, you need to be compensated at least for the materials. But if you're doing one-to-one work where you your time is the thing that they are buying, there's always going to be a capacity for your work. So if you're like, well, you know, my coaching is really good. It's important. It's helped a lot of people. I want to make it more affordable so more people can take advantage of it. Okay, well, realistically, if you're doing one-hour coaching sessions, how many of those can you do in a week? How many of those can you do in a day before you burned out, right? Even if you had them at $50 a pop, what would that look like on the deliverability side for you? Probably not great. I cannot imagine that many people would be able to do coaching or therapy or any type of like helping practice for $50 an hour being booked solid 40 hours a week and be able to, you know, by the time that you get to Wednesday afternoon, all day Thursday, and all day Friday, who would be fresh and giving their best to those people? You probably, you probably wouldn't be. Uh, that would be incredibly difficult, right? And same thing with, you know, if you have a done-for-you service, right? You, 
you are going to have a capacity of people no matter what. You could have the biggest heart. You could want to be the most generous giving person. And at the end of the day, you still have a capacity. So there is something uh, to consider with that as well on like what your capacity costs. And um, there's a woman named Toy Smith. So if you, you can find her um, on Instagram at Toy Marie, T-O-I-M-A-R-I-E. So she coined this term thriving wage. And I really love this. So I want to make sure to give her credit. It is important to pay ourselves and if we have, you know, contractors or employees, a thriving wage. So this isn't a minimum wage. This is a wage where it supports your costs of operating, costs of living, and then enough to keep you like healthy and a, a men- like mentally, emotionally, physically, all of that thriving wage. And I really love this. So it's important to think about, you know, what is your actual capacity and what would a thriving wage for you look like? And then break it down from there. Like what do you actually need to be charging for your capacity so that you can have a thriving wage? And there will always be people who can afford that, who want to pay that, who will happily pay it. And even if you had some program where you're like, hey, you know, I do this other sliding scale thing or, you know, once a month I do like a free coaching call, you know, whatever it is. And part of your amount that you pay me goes to help support that or or subsidize, right? You can tell people that. People love it. I call this like the Tom's model, right? Tom's are not the cheapest shoes for what they are, but we like to buy them even though there are knockoffs available for cheaper because we like their mission. We like that when we spend $65 on a pair of canvas shoes that somebody else gets a free pair, right? So you can let your your clients know who are paying a rate that pays you a thriving wage that like, hey, part of what you do, like I also then, you know, give to these programs or make this available or whatever. And people can still get value from you for free in various ways that don't mean you have to keep your prices artificially low and and then harm yourself, right? So some ways that you can do this are free content. So like this podcast, right? Technically this podcast is not free because I have to pay for hosting um, of the audio. I have to pay for hosting of my website. I have to pay my VA who helps me get it all up and and everything. So it's technically not free for me to produce, but it's free for you to consume it, right? And because I'm very intentional about what I put out, I believe that it's of high value. I believe that what I'm talking about, you can take it and put it into action right away to help your business grow, right? So that is like, that is my commitment. I also have tons of blog posts on my website, And hopefully over the next few months, uh, there are a few more that I want to get up on there and they will be there. That is also helpful. If you follow me on Instagram at Eric Tebbins Consulting, you will know that more often than not, I am in my stories showing up and teaching. I'm teaching in my static feed. I, you know, maybe going live over there, all of that. So there are many places where you can, can consume 
my knowledge for completely free. However, the final thing I want to say is if you feel like you are over delivering for free and not being compensated, or if you are over delivering for too low of a price, you will become resentful. Ask me how I know, <laughs> because it's happened to me. You, this, okay, so this is hard, and I was actually just talking to a client about this the other day. This is a hard one because it's a lesson that we hear and we often don't pay attention to it. So we do something differently. And then before we know it, we're like, oh crap, they were right. This is why I shouldn't undercharge because it feels terrible and now I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed at myself for doing this to myself and Trust me, I am speaking about myself here too. So not just my client, but my client and I were having this conversation the other day where she was like, I kind of stopped being in my stories uh, altogether for a while because she was like, I was teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching and then nothing was actually coming of it. And she even put a course on um, pay what you can like during the first part of COVID and Uh, people were, she was, you know, it's a $200 course. And she was like, you could, um, you know, suggested payment as low as $10 and people were still getting it for free. And then like not even doing it, not because they, they didn't have any, any value in it. Right. So it just sat in their digital graveyard. They never actually even went through it. And she realized that, oh yeah, it feels really crap when you know that you are giving a ton of good value, when you know that you have something you've worked really hard on uh, and that you are an expert and you are worthy of being compensated. It really sucks when you're not. And far too often, this is a lesson that we don't learn until we experience it for ourselves. So I'm hoping that you trust me at this point that you've been around my world for long enough to know that I always show up with integrity, that I'm not an evil, horrible, uh, you know, capitalistic monster that's just like, you know, poor people be damned and like, you know, it. you want to make as much money as possible and screw the people who can't afford you. Like that's, I hope you know, that's not the place that I am coming from at all. But what we have to understand is not only do we need to be able to support ourselves with our businesses, first and foremost, we need to, you know, it's super corny, but we need to put our own oxygen mask on first. And with the world we live in in 2020, that means we need money, right? That's just the the world we live in. We need money to pay for the essentials, the necessities of life. So we need to be fairly compensated for our work. And also we energetically show up better for our clients when we feel like we are being fairly compensated. If you feel like you are showing up to coach someone and you have way undercharged for it and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, I can't believe I have four more sessions with this person and like I I now I'm seeing that I vastly 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 undercharged and it's like not a good feeling in my body which is it's like hard like when you're a helper when you're a good person like that's not a great 
um, feeling to have, but it's a very normal feeling to have. It just doesn't feel good. And when we listen to that, when we honor that, it doesn't mean that we don't show up for that person. It doesn't mean that we don't show up and complete the contract and that we don't give them the value promised. What it means is, is we can listen to that voice and go, this, this rate, it actually no longer feels good. It no longer feels aligned with the value that I'm giving. So the next time that I offer this, I'm raising the price or I'm changing the deliverables or something, right? Something has got to give. But at the end of the day, affordability, having that be the goal, it is going to always set you back in your business. Uh, Always, always, always. It will... It will just keep you stuck. It will keep you frustrated. It will keep you resentful. You will see that when you artificially keep a price low and or you create a new offer for people who've said that they can't afford you, you. so you're like, okay, I'm going to create this other thing and it's going to be lower price. And then they still don't jump at it. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, why... I don't understand. Like, it's obviously not a price issue then. Uh, or, you know, what is what is that lowest price going to be, right? And is it is it a price that you're like, hell no. Like, are you kidding? I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm sorry that you can only invest $200 or something, but like, my work is worth more than $200, right? There's There is a reality there. It doesn't mean that that person is evil and is trying to harm you. Or that something is wrong with them because that's that's their budget. I mean, there. I think the first course I ever bought was like a hundred and forty-seven dollars or something. This was years ago. The first like digital course, and I was like, oh my god, is that too? I feel like that's a lot of money, right? So I get it. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying you don't have to do that. Or if you want to keep things low, like I have some clients who have who truly have low cost digital downloads and digital programs. You just need to work on volume. Uh, but that comes with it its own host of challenges, which I'll be talking about um, in an upcoming episode on how to actually hit 10K months and beyond. But if you're if you're offering low, you like low cost truly, you need to take your own personal time out of it more and you need to work on volume to sell it. So it can be done. It is possible. And for some audiences, it does make sense. So the audiences, like my one that I'm thinking of, she speaks to moms uh, and what she is teaching them. It makes sense. Like for her to have a $2,000 course, it truly doesn't make sense. So there are things that she does instead. So there's no like one-on-one component to that work. Um, It's just, you know, as courses that people can work through on their own time and uh, she operates on getting a volume of people to buy those courses so that she can have a thriving wage in her own business. But just do not do not undervalue your time or your expertise um, for the sake of trying to be a better helper because that is actually it, it is harmful to you and the more you harm yourself, the less helpful you can be. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you found this valuable. And uh, if you are um, 
if you're listening, you know, on your smartphone or whatever, I would love it if you took a screenshot of your little, your, of your, um, like your podcast app, right. And then went over into your stories and posted and tagged me, Erica Tebbins Consulting, because I love hearing from my listeners. I love knowing who's listening. I'm a total extrovert. I love to meet new people. So I want to say hi and let me know, like put on there, what is a, you know, a takeaway that you had from this episode? Was there something that you hadn't considered before? Is there something you're going to go you know, do differently going forward? Have you ever felt resentful of too low pricing? I would love to hear from you. And as always, happy selling. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Sell It Sister podcast. If you loved it and you want more, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And then head on over to sellitsisterhood.com to join my free Facebook community group. And as your mama said, sharing is caring. So if you got a lot of value out of this episode, be sure to share it with your biz besties too, okay? Now get out there and sell it, sister.